Brereton. And I'm Ina Kerr. Welcome to Deal With It, our podcast series on business and deals. For this episode, we host our director, Peter Alexander. We discuss the trends for the life science industry. Here we go. Pete, thanks for helping us with our podcast today. Uh, do you want to speak a little bit about your experience and why you're here? Yes, 15 years working in deals, both in the UK, but also being based out in Asia, in Hong Kong, Vietnam and Indonesia. So very broad coverage and seen lots of different types of deals of different sizes of different players. A lot of corporate and private equity experience in emerging markets. Uh, buyers both looking at assets and small portfolio businesses, drug portfolios, as well as larger uh, regional or global acquisitions. So it's really working on everything from very small startup and pre-profit all the way through to big global mergers and, and takeovers. What do you like best about the sector? I think the most interesting area for me on the financial side is really getting to grips with the data and getting the trajectory of where the business is and what is the value and what are the opportunities. A lot of the information, a lot of the real, really interesting hypotheses and views are buried in the data. And it's actually how do we distill that and find out what is the best approach for our clients. I think we should um, discuss a little bit what the main trends happening in the life science industry at the moment. On the one hand, you have the emerging markets, the emerging markets growth, but people really and populations really looking at uh, quality of life as well as quality of pay packet. So they're, they're wanting better health care, uh, better medical provision, uh, better medicines, and governments are responding accordingly. I think also then you have the improvements really in the technology side where we've got AI and machine learning really looking into how to monetize and maximize all of the data that's been collected in the industry over the last decades and trying to work out new ways to use data to produce new products and new products that can uh, really start to alleviate some of the the large medical issues that we're seeing in the world today. I think on technology, stepping into the, not the whole place of the doctor, but looking at what's happened with screening and the accuracy that the AM technology is now at is very exciting because there's undoubtedly a capacity issue uh, in, in the UK uh, and globally in respect to specialists in particular. That's right. You have um, machines and technology that can really isolate and identify issues a lot quicker than, uh, than individuals and doctors and nurses and where you can align the technology then with the uh, the specialist check on top, that becomes a very powerful tool. I think an interesting trend is the trend around prevention and cure as pharma companies are focusing more and more on prevention together with governments uh, against curing diseases when people already are. As population ages, people are very worried about growing old healthily and not growing old uh, with sickness around. So I think that's a trend also that has a very interesting trend in the industry. Agree, and I think it is, and it comes back to what, what Pete, you said, about that quality of life and your quality of health. And I think part of that is, a, is another trend, which is this uh, home care. Uh, and as much 
uh, getting you out of hospital or not even bringing you into hospital and being able to administer quite complex uh, therapies but at home whilst historically they used to be had to be done under supervision in a hospital or clinic setting I think that will uh, radically change uh, the industry as well. If you look at doctors and the pressure on health services the more that can be done to monitor and track uh, patients or individuals well-being at home uh, before they get uh, medical intervention and then after medical intervention when they're at home again being able to track trace results being able to do simple things such as uh, sending reminders when pills or tablets need to be taken or follow-up appointments being able to then use uh, FaceTime and, and simple technologies like that to then interact with doctors that relieves an awful lot of pressure on people uh, who maybe have mobility issues but also lets a lot quicker interaction with the medical professionals. For example logistics businesses with the home care becomes incredibly important and that's a whole new area that is starting to spring up over the last two to three years. In the same wave uh, on the prevention versus cure that brings the insurance companies into the sector and we have seen deals between insurance and healthcare companies uh, lately and we think that kind of trend will continue. Which brings me to an interesting question, what does it actually mean for, for deals? Which kind of deals are we going to see in the next 12 to 18 months in the sector? We see companies focusing on likes of oncology and rare diseases and maybe divesting more of their tail-end products to other players. Yeah, that's right, but the Speaking with a number of people, the critical thing there is getting the right initial platform that you can do that buy and build off. I mean, there's been some very successful ones that are going on from strength to strength, but I think others may well be struggling to find that initial platform. So maybe one for the large farmer to actually think about how do I make this tail more attractive, which is understanding what the private equity buyers actually want in that space and opening that up to a larger population of buyers uh, and creating that, that, that sort of market for their tail-end pieces or their non-core pieces. Absolutely, and we've seen a lot of large pharma companies struggling to identify some of those products that they could potentially divest and struggling to synthesise some of the information and the data that they've collated to understand what's the real value of those <clears throat> assets. These are pieces of business serving particular markets or particular segment or geography and it makes them super difficult to carve them out to to build up and demonstrate from a financial and an operational point of view what you're actually buying what value can somebody actually take um, from this deal yeah so then it's interesting to watch the large farmer then how they're spending that capital they are releasing and, and it's, it's being uh, interesting to watch them buying the more edgy, niche, smaller companies focus on very specific either R&D processes or an interesting pipeline which matches their portfolio better. Uh, and I think we'll continue seeing more of those. There's private equity players buying portfolios to add to platforms. But there's also then the asset light model with companies buying tail-end portfolios and really putting those products through contract manufacturing and introducing them into new markets. Yeah, and then there's the whole new science, as well as the, as the edgy and the new med tech, and as we said before, bringing the technology in. And there's been a number of deals recently uh, in that space with 
enormous valuations because people can absolutely see the future value if you get this right. I think med tech is probably one area that there's been hasn't been as many deals in recent years uh, as, for example, biotech. So I think med tech has become more and more of a focus, and it is that aligning the technology to the the pharmaceutical knowledge that the large players have. And finally, we will see the more sector convergence deals continue, meaning the ones between insurers and pharma, the ones between logistic companies and healthcare companies. And I think we will continue seeing these trends where the sectors become a little bit of a blur between them and do it through alliances, through JVs and or through pure acquisition deals. I absolutely agree, but it does bring the challenges. And as we said before, complex carve-outs, one of our favourite topics, but this is a sector which really does do very complex carve-outs. Yes, because as you said, the deals, the businesses that are being carved out, they're not real nice divisions who, who can stand up on their own. The, the buyers, especially the private actors, have to stand up those businesses in a very different way. They are coming with bits and pieces, so manufacturing sites, but without the distribution, without the back office sometimes. And having to build those from scratch can be an enormous amount of work. Yeah, and the separation out to do tech transfer uh, in, a, in a plan is incredibly complex and can take a significant amount of time, which often, particularly with the PE population, they're not used to that separation taking so long. And added to that is an interesting point uh, related to, to the management teams of those carved out business, which have been in large corporations for a long, long time, owned by PEs in a very different pace of change and a very different pressure. And it's not always easy for them to deal with it. Well, I think there's been quite high valuations in the sector. So there's been a lot of interest in divesting non-core products. But it, as you said, it then creates that challenge that is it actually an attractive offering? And how are you making the deal easy for the buyers to articulate and transact? For me, those deals are the best ones because we <laughs> are the first ones in the room because the big question becomes, can you actually make this work? Can we actually implement this in real life? The, the valuation is important, the price is important, becomes actually less important than the execution because it's so complex that execution becomes the core of the discussion and we love when that happens yeah and these deals to prepare them do take longer i think we've uh, experienced where even large farmer who are experienced deal doers have been caught out on this because it is so difficult to extract the financial data the operational data genuinely understand the operations and how they interact because it's so commingled into the main business and the pharma, the large corporates, are still getting used to have private equity as buyers. It is still a bit new for them. So even how they show the numbers, how they position the business for sale, it is different when you're selling to a private equity. So they're still learning how to do it. The private equity will have a very different agenda uh, for that business than it did have under the corporates. And so they need to really think, what is that agenda and how can I demonstrate that value? Another complexity brought to those types of deals is when the large farmers are buying those more edgy niche companies, how and how to bring them along and acquire them without destroying their entrepreneurial spirit, and, uh, their ed edge, they're, you buy them for the edge and then the first thing that it can ha easily happen is destroy that edge. So we'll be 
working with some of our clients, uh, discussing how do you do those deals without destroying the company you bought them, the, the reason you bought them for. And completely out of curiosity from my side, what do you think is going to be the main disruption in the industry in the next couple of years? Technology. Completely agree on the technology side. It's going to change everything as it changes every industry. Um, and you can see it's starting to come in. And it's again, like with most disruption that this is causing, is about the augmentation for me between the, the technology and the people and the skills. And how do you actually have that as a creative force rather than a disruptive, which is often seen as a destructive force. And how do you align that technology then with governments and regulations and insurance companies and all of those challenges that will need to effectively catch up with what's happening on the technology side? And I think what the technology brings as part of the discussion is then it brings a lot of ethical aspects that nobody actually thought about before. So what I think we will see is a lot of ethical discussions around some of the technology enhancements in the industry, how to deal with them and legal implications of some of those changes. Okay, thanks Pete. Um, enjoyed that. I'm really pleased that you're here with us and that we've built up a great life sciences deal team. Thank you. Yes, it's exciting times. And looking forward to coming back together in a new podcast to talk about some of our projects.